welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Kyleen. I just want to let you know today that words cannot espresso what you been to me. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) So it's technically, you're listening on Wednesday, probably. Well, I know people listen throughout the week, but we we drop these on Wednesdays. It's a Saturday morning here. And we had some delicious coffee this morning. And bacon. And bacon. And eggs. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice, slow morning. Avocado. We worked out. It was good. Salsa. Got to hang out a little bit, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not usual because normally you're um, in a support group on Saturday morning. So it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I tried a, a homemade peanut butter latte. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. And I had coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Black. Black coffee. Mm-hmm. All right. So today we are talking about... Talking. We're we're Talking. gonna we're gonna be discussing why? the topic of communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. And why it's so important and how we can do it effectively throughout the recovery process. So there are so many reasons that this is important. Um, I think over the course of the past couple of years that we've sort of been looking and being aware and going through our own journey and everything, we realize what a struggle it is for so many people. And um thankfully we found that this was um a pretty good strength that we had was, was open communication and clear communication. And so that's something we want to um, share some tools and techniques on, because we do find that it's one of the reasons I think that we're still together is because we were able to communicate so well. And so if we can pass that on and help, help you guys through your own recovery journey by, by learning how to communicate or improving communication or increasing communication, whatever the case may be. That's what we want to do with this episode. So, um, I mentioned several episodes ago about human design and being a manifester and a little bit about what that means, but I'm just going to bring that up again because one of the things I think that happens very often is that we sort of assume that other people know what we're thinking. Like we we assume that they're on the same page and working towards the same goal, or we think that we've said something before, or we just sometimes subconsciously expect our spouses to mind read, right? right? Yep. And as a manifester, I am somebody that has to initiate mm-hmm. and have and and my profile, I'm uh, an informer as well. So like, uh, it works really well with my business because I learn a lot. I love education. I gather a lot of information and then I teach and I inform and I share. Right. So like in business, in the business world, it works great for me, but in, in the personal life, sometimes it can be frustrating because as women, sometimes we don't always want to initiate things or, um, be the informer about like what's going on in our heads. We, we wish that you could mind read, right? Um, and I'm just bringing that up because I think that's maybe not even just a manifestor thing. I think it's sometimes it's a human thing that we get, we don't always want to have to share what's in our head. We just want you to respond a certain way. And as much as I understand that, because obviously I just shared that, that I feel that way sometimes, um, 
that's just not reasonable. Like our spouses cannot mind read. So if we want something to happen, we have to first identify in our own minds what it is that's what our feelings are and um, what the outcome is that we want. And we talked about that in some of the previous episodes about, you know, how do you learn what's underneath the emotions you're feeling and, and doing some of that deeper work first, learning how to tap into your body and your thoughts and your emotions that can help you become a better communicator because ultimately what, what is the best thing to communicate is that end result, right? I'm feeling this way, which means, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and or I want, or I'm feeling insecure or, you know, things like that. One of the, that, that just brought up a memory because one of the things that I remember you went to your therapist about at one point was me having questions about certain things. And I think, you know, being later in the evening and stuff like that. And you brought that up to him as a concern. And I love your therapist. And one of the things that he said was, um, what is it, would it be possible for her to, instead of asking the specific question, like instead of me saying, well, you know, uh, what was this specific scenario or what about, you know, this woman, what did this mean or, you know, whatever getting specific and triggering and bringing up the actual behavior, right? Right, right? Could I just tell you what's underlying that, which is, Hey, I'm feeling insecure. Right. That was a huge, I think like, let's just it talk. helped you shift because yeah. I was trying to answer those questions or not answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And then it allowed me to be present for your emotions. Well, and so that's what I think is tying right into what we're talking about, which is if you can figure out, well, why do I want to know this? And what is it that I'm trying to get from this conversation? Or what is this emotion trying to tell me? That's what you can end up communicating there. And he was right. When I'm asking those questions, what's the outcome of that goal? I feel insecure. I want some affirmation from you, right? right? right. So um, that that was a really cool reframe. I think a really neat way of doing that. And then another reason, just sort of thinking along those same lines, learning how to communicate well about what's going on in, in your heart and your mind and your feelings is part of what we talk about so much of establishing safety in the relationship. Because if I can come to you and say, I'm feeling insecure and, and maybe even I, I follow and I often will because I, what's in my head now comes out of my mouth, right? Um, what I need, I will communicate. So if I can even follow that up and say, I'm insecure, I need some affirmation from you. And just mm-hmm. that's very blunt, right? It's very mm-hmm. clear. Um, it's not rude. It's, it's, just telling you what I need in the moment, right? And if I can do that, then I'll most likely get the outcome that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But if I am sitting around, you know, wishing that you could mind read that I'm feeling right. insecure right now, you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? And then it's going to extend it. And then maybe I do ask some of those questions and then I get re-triggered, right? And so it's a different yeah. situation. Yeah. Well, and 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 uh, human beings are what they are, um, even at their best self, right? So if uh, somebody, you know, who's not in addiction or whatever, is just not a talkative person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, to your point, if you don't communicate to that person, say, Hey, I would like some affirmation, they fall into their default mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. And you can't, and if you push too hard to make them something they're not, it's really going to make them uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Well, that's what, um, to bring up human design again, I, I know some people might feel uncomfortable with that. I think it's really awesome. It's helped us learn a lot about personalities and types and things like this. And I, some people are informers and initiators and some people are receivers and it's like they wait to be invited. Mm-hmm. Right. And so 
understanding even in your relationship dynamic, what the roles are there or what the typical default is. It's not that you can't work on those things, right? And it's not even that if you're an informer, you always want to inform. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I don't want to. But now that I know that that is my thing, it's kind of a good reminder of, okay, well, maybe I need to in this situation if I'm not getting the outcome that I want, right? And so understanding as somebody more of a receiver or an initiator in the relationship And maybe you don't even have to go get your human design. Maybe you just are listening to this and go, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. And Mm -hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a receiver. Like I need to be invited to do something. Like I don't really feel, you know, like I'm the initiator in the group or whatever. Then that can be really helpful in how you learn how to communicate moving forward. Right. Yeah. I'd actually like to add something on mind reading. And, you know, you were talking about that. You know, there's another side to that. When you get uh, activated, you can mind read. So, for example, here here would be a good example. Um, that I think would be incredibly attempt to mind incredibly read, right? right, incredibly relevant to us. Mm-hmm. So, I get a lot done around here. I like to, you know, I, I, you know, my the way my mind works is, you know, if I walk in, I scan the house. I'm like laundry, dishes, vacuuming, straighten the table, right? Mm-hmm. I'll create a list in my mind. And so, if we've got a lull, I will go do that. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is, right? That's all it is. It's kind of like that funny. Have you ever seen those that? that meme of the mm-hmm. of the man and the woman lying in bed and the woman's like, I bet he's thinking about that woman. He's like, why are Tyrannosaurus Rex arms <laughs> so short? You know, but um, if you're looking for something for me, you may, and I think, you know, this may have come up. You're like, why are you trying to, to not be around me? Well, I think and also, that's a mind reading thing because you're activated well, at that point. Alternatively, you're also anticipating that I can mind read because I've I've also said, hey, can you just tell me what you're doing ahead of time? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that list that's in your head. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you know what else you say? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, stop the podcast. It's Bad going, communication. It's going off the rails. No, but I mean, so that's that's an example of how it could go both ways and lead to something where maybe I'm anticipating that we have a plan to watch a movie at eight o'clock and then you're off doing your nightly list of chores Mm -hmm. and you anticipate that I understand that there's this list of chores that needs to be done. And in my mind, like that's not registering. Right. And so both like in that specific example, it'd be something where we could both communicate. Hey, what are you doing? And I do. Right. I'm like, Hey, I thought we were doing this. And you're like, no, I have this list to do. And I'm like, okay, you could, you know, you could have told me. Yeah. So you knock it out and and, and you get it done. And yeah. 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 So, um, but in both of those situations, what's in our head could have come out our mouth, Mm -hmm. right? Well, hey, do we have a plan to sit down at eight o'clock? Or you can say, hey, my plan right now, as opposed to sometimes you just kind of, because it's in your head, right? And you just get up and go. Mm -hmm. And again, human design, he's a manifesting generator. He can't be still. (laughs) He's busy, 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 has all the energy in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you basically will just get up and do stuff as opposed to communicating sometimes that like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is my plan for like the next hour is these five things. Right. Yeah. And so an hour later, I'll be like, what have you been doing? Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. And you know, didn't invite me in and didn't, you know, all this kind of stuff. Incredibly so, pro- productive. That's what I was very doing. productive. Yes, you were. Okay. So just, just a couple of personal examples there. Okay. So some things as you're thinking through this, if, Communication is something you want to improve, especially during recovery. It's such a touchy time in life and it's so vulnerable and there's so many fears and insecurities. Um, And maybe you're not somebody that, and this is totally normal, uh, maybe you're not somebody that is really good right off the bat of identifying the feeling, right? And so communicating that then is going to be more difficult. So one of the things that people recommend a lot is this thing called a feelings wheel. And you can, you can just Google that. Uh, some people will get, you know, pillowcases or charts printed out or whatever. And 
it literally is a wheel of words that um, are the names of feelings. And it really is helpful because when you're in the middle of something that you don't understand, you can scan this feelings wheel and go, oh my gosh, it's insecurity um, or abandonment or, you know, whatever. And that may not have been the first word, or maybe you would think it it was anger at first, but mm-hmm. then you look at the wheel and you're like, no, actually it was frustration. Right. right. And so that can be really helpful. So you can Google that and print it out and use that however you want, but that's just a tool kind of moving into this whole conversation I think would be beneficial. And before you move off of that, once again, the whole notion of healing and living kind of in your true self is knowing it's being aware. And so, you know, the feelings wheel is, has got broad, broad application and you don't always have to walk around with the feelings wheel pillow in your life, <laughs> but you know, maybe you're doing that just from a, uh, from a, just a generally, I mean, you'll be a better boss, a better parent, mm-hmm. a better sibling. If you're more in connected to your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it helps with everything. And we've talked about trauma processing and emotional processing a lot. And, you know, that is part of the process is kind of getting in tune with that. Um, The other thing that I kind of wanted to mention, and we're just about to get into specific, like how to step-by-step. So anybody that's more analytical, you're going to love this because it's like, well, how do I actually do this? We're going to give you the very, very specific application very shortly. But another thought that I wanted to use to kind of introduce this was, If you are using communication in your relationship, there should certainly be some boundaries around communication, um, particularly when you are going through recovery in a situation like this. So one that I thought of right away was, you know, this mutual understanding between the two of you that you're moving forward and trying to communicate better and you're moving towards reconciliation and a better relationship, right? right? If you're not both on the same page with that basic idea, then I don't really know that using these tools is going to be beneficial. Okay. It, it might be, but the idea, you know, if you're trying to improve communication and you're going to work really hard and you're going to use the acronyms and all this kind of stuff, hopefully it is a two-way street that you guys have maybe even said this out loud. Again, what's in your head comes out your mouth. Um, we need to work on this and you mutually come to an agreement that these are the tools that you will use, right? Because right? right. I'm not sure that a lot of these tools are one-sided. Most of the ones that we're going to provide you are things that you would agree to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a whole conversation around this that says, hey, you know, we tend to push each other's buttons or there's this particular topic that's really hard for us and then we really escalate and stuff like that. And so you can begin to to communicate about having boundaries around communication. Mm-hmm. And so those can be things like, hey, we're we're not going to yell. If we if one of us begins to raise our voice, we have a code word that says we're going to step out. We've mutually agreed ahead of time we're going to step out of the room and cool off for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then maybe you do the pause method that we taught you in the last episode to calm your nervous system down, to analyze what's going on in your mind and your body. And then you can come back and communicate more effectively. Maybe there's a boundary around listening without interrupting. Some of these ones that uh, these tools that we're going to teach you today, that is a really good assumption up front that you guys mutually agree to say, hey, I'm going to let you answer these questions. I will not talk until you're completely done. Because the idea with some of these tools and resources and acronyms that we're going to teach you is that your partner can have the opportunity to fully express themselves and be mm-hmm. heard before you have a chance to respond. Um And then the other thought around that is sometimes, depending on the situation, sometimes it's a discussion of like, let's discuss this in order to take action on it. 
and figure out a solution. But other times there are conversations where it's just, I need to be heard. Or like I said earlier, like I'm feeling insecure, I need affirmation, right? And so understanding the context of the conversation you're having so that if someone just needs support, you're not responding in a fix-it manner. And so sometimes you can even say, if your partner comes to you and starts saying something that they're struggling with or they're frustrated with or whatever, you can even reply. Again, this seems so basic, but it's not something a lot of us do naturally with, would you like me to just listen or and support you? Or are you looking for me to fix it or for solution or for problem solving, right? Is this a problem? Are you, do you want me to problem solve right now? Or do you just want me to support you? And if you can ask a question like that, um, half the time it's going to be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, you know, I just want you to support me right now. Well, it's interesting. Um, I know one of the things I do at work when I walk around and talk to the employees on the floor is I always, towards the end, I will say, what do you need from me? Is there anything I can do for you? And I think I I brought that into some of our tougher conversations when you were just venting. I was like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes you have yeah, specific things. Right? Right. You can, yeah. you can say it the way I said it, or you can just generalize it like that. Like, what is it that you need from me right, right. now? Or how right. can I support you right now? Yeah. And so, and, and, it, and it helps because sometimes to your point, you do need something. Sometimes you're like, I just need to get this off my mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. So listening is, is the best way to do it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the actual tools and resources and techniques. And this is, we have a bunch of them here. So pick and choose what it is that works Mm -hmm. for you uh, to delete what doesn't work for you. And I'm going to kind of mention that in a couple of them. There are some parts of some of these resources that may be a little bit triggering for you, depending on where you are in your recovery. So just know that we're not telling you that you need to do all of these and and you don't have to do every step of them, but um, hopefully you'll find something in here that's helpful for your particular situation. Right. So we started out with um, sobriety check-ins and we've talked about those several times. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, but sobriety check-ins are based on the behavior. They're based on the patterns, the habits and the, um, time. Uh, what, what do I say? Like the time pattern of like when, when, mm-hmm. the, when they typically act out and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, um, preferably with sobriety check-ins, these are volunteer check-ins from the addicted spouse not something that the betrayed partner has to constantly prompt for. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is you guys come to a mutual decision and you communicate very clearly about what the structure of the sobriety check-in looks like when you want it and how frequently you want it. And then the uh, addicted partner comes to you voluntarily at those times. You're not having to constantly pull this out of them. And and good examples are, um, you take a picture of the therapist office when you get there. That's a good example of it. Another one could be you're on a business trip and you have agreed to put out your survival kit. You take a picture of that and send it to your spouse and say, look, I'm all set in the room. Mm-hmm. Or um, a couple others we did is, is when you talk about um, working out in the morning and get up in the morning, your spouse isn't awake yet. Hey, I'm awake. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a sobriety check-in. So basically a lot of this is established when you get really clear on what your boundaries and expectations are in the relationship. And when you understand their addiction pattern, and then you create this type of sobriety check-in and you say, Hey, I need a check-in every morning, um, that answers these three questions and you mutually agree to that. And then the betrayed partner or the addicted partner um, 
does that voluntarily at that time every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the idea of a sobriety check-in. And that's very, very, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that because I know we've talked about it before, but that's um, very specific to your individual situation. If you do need support with um, creating boundaries and understanding those patterns and habits, I do have the what's next course for betrayed partners. So that's available. Um, There's a link in the show notes. Reach out if you have any questions about that, but there's a lot of information kind of around the um, boundaries and things like that in there. So the other one that we did that was recommended by our therapist was a nightly check-in. And we actually did that for a really long time. And um, I liked that one a lot, but this is where I want to put that little caveat that not every single step in all of these is something you're going to feel comfortable with day one. And so um, we've talked about this one also in previous podcasts. So we're not going to, again, spend too much time on it, but the pattern looked like you pray or do a devotion together if you want to. Then you move on to a question that is, what is something you did today that I don't know about? And so, you know, that's just interesting. It's just spurring conversation. Like mm-hmm. what happened at work today that yeah. you didn't tell me yet? You know, uh, what's one thing you like or appreciate about me? So betrayed partners, I get it. The first couple months you're doing this, you probably don't want to answer that question. You're like, I really don't like you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean... I really struggled with that question for a while. Um, And then over time, I started answering it, right? And then Mm -hmm. that that process of waiting until you're ready, but then also moving through the process can help with moving into the vulnerability as you get through recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually I started answering that question and and participating in the process. Uh, The other question is just an open-ended question. So something like, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? And so it's a get to know you question about your partner. They get to share their thoughts and dreams. And, um, you know, some of them are silly. What was the question you would always ask? I can't remember. Oh, I'd, I'd be like, you're walking around a building. You come around the corner. There's a kangaroo there. I would you have all these like yeah. wild animal scenarios. Yeah. Like but, that would never happen. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do if he's running at you or something like that? Yeah. Understand your partner's mind. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing was, what's one thing I can do for you tomorrow? So again, for the betrayed partner, that might be hard because to feel like you are being obligated to the person that hurt you or you're serving the person that hurt you, that may feel really uh, uncomfortable or bring up feelings of anger for yeah. a while. And that's just, that's okay. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the person that has hurt you does that for three months before you end up reciprocating, yeah. right? Like that maybe it's longer. Totally. Okay. That was a question that basically I did not participate in for a really long time. And then we started same as the other question, right? And you know, with, with that, you know, there's, there's an objective here. You know, the objective is to share with each other equally and when you are on more of an equal footing, you know, what, what betrayal does to to uh, a relationship is it creates an unequal footing. It, it thrusts the betrayed into the role of a parent. And by doing consistent um, same as questions on both sides and forcing each partner to be thankful, um, which is a you know very healing thing. But they ask the same question. So it it, it serves to return the both of the partners the to equality. A, to equality, which is where true, effective, beautiful relationship happens, 
is in those in those moments. And so, you know, the questions can be silly and you can talk about a kangaroo, you know, running after you or whatever. But ultimately, the, you know, you always have to think of the broad 10,000 foot goal there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's creating communication patterns that maybe didn't exist that have or if they did exist, they've right. been completely destroyed. Right. And so you're trying to 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 or you feel reestablish like answering yeah. that question. So like that yep. that was kind of the idea that I was sharing, like, I didn't want to answer those. There was anger there, or there was a lot of vulnerability in me answering those or whatever. And so I just didn't for a while, but I would still participate in the Mm check-in and do the parts that I could do as we continued to move through until I was ready. Right. 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 And I, I would actually have to Google the open-ended question. I was like, I don't know what an open-ended question Yeah, I know. For some people, those are hard. Yeah. But But I'd Google it and be like, okay, I'll ask you this one. (laughs) Where do you want to travel? You know, or whatever. So hopefully some of these questions are starting to spur ideas of how you can communicate in a different way. Um, and again, the idea here is that you have two people that have the same goal of moving forward in the relationship and deepening emotional intimacy and connection. And so if, if, um, that's not the case, then it may be a situation where instead of starting with these, you're actually starting with a commu- conversation around what is it that you're hoping to achieve together? You know, what are your goals? What are you, where are you at right now? You know, because if you guys can have a, a similar goal in, in terms of moving forward and it doesn't necessarily have to be a goal of, Oh, I'm committing to staying in this relationship, mm-hmm. right, right. right. For the next however long it, it doesn't even have to be that. Yeah. It's just yeah. a goal of, Hey, let's use these tools with the, mutual goal of moving closer together if that doesn't happen it doesn't happen mm-hmm. but at least we know we're focusing on the same thing right. right now and then if something changes we can communicate that later do you want to share um i know you have a a communication yeah there, there there's a really good one here you know uh, the 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 dynamics of of betrayer betrayed relationship um are very much where, and especially, and we've talked about this before as well, when, when the, uh, bet- betraying spouse gets into healing and starts to really find their footing under them and gets a process going that they can rely on and, and their truth is out or their secrets out, but they're, um, they're able to, to start to, to build some momentum. Whereas the betrayed spouse is going to be all over the place. So there are moments where, um, the, and, and this is a pretty standard thing is, is the betray- betrayer, um, is feeling great, is, uh, going about their day, is, you know, doing their things in their journals and all that stuff. And things may be okay with the betrayed spouse, but then all of a sudden the betrayed spouse gets activated, triggered, whatever that may be, has a question, whatever. And it, and it throws things off again. And so you have this, this, uh, distance between the healing paths of both spouses. And so one of the things that that was really effective and and I and and I always encourage um people to get this book. It's actually called Helper Heal. And I believe we've talked about this before, lot, but yeah. um it's by Carol Jurgensen Sheets, but she has a a um and what she's trying to do is is teach empathy, really kind of dial in on your empathy. And empathy is a major part of, of communication. You know, think about it, you know, the, the, even, even beyond this, this particular topic, if you uh, listen to listen versus listen to speak, um, then that's, that's a higher level of empathy. So one of the things that she has is what's called the AVR formula. And this is for the betrayer. So when the betrayer is, is talking, um, or is approaching, let's say a trigger from the betrayed spouse, 
Um, the, the acronym is acknowledging the issue. That's the A. Um, and that's requiring, you know, acknowledge the situation and the accompanying pain. So you might say, Hey, listen, I understand you're very hurt by this. I understand that my behavior has really created a loss of safety with you. Um, then you validate the feelings using the five primary feelings and her five or the five primary feelings that, that, um, that, that she talks to her anger, sadness, loneliness, happiness, or fear. I can see as you discuss that issue that you feel one of those, right? So as you're, as you're talking through your trigger, talking through what you saw and you're crying right now, I see that you're angry or I see that you're um, sad or that you feel like maybe our relationship is ending. So you're very lonely. And then finally, you, you reassure that you're going to help, help this person heal. And you, I want you to know that I'm working on my recovery skills and I never want to go back to that old addict behavior again. And so if you use AVR, you know, is it scripted? It can be, but it's a lot better than, than, you know, oh gosh, are we going over this again? Or, you know. Yeah. And I would say in terms of the scripted, just make sure that what you're saying is sincere. You can yeah. use the pattern, but you can right. use, you can use the pattern in an unscripted way. You really can. Yeah. And, and so I think it's, you know, I, I think one of the things I used to tell you was, um, and this kind of got into this is, Hey, I will never do the behavior again, but I might mess up on the communication, but I'm going to, you know, make sure that, that I'm doing this right and that I'm there for you. And, and those kinds of things. So, yeah. and I would even say, like on the betrayed side, like give them some grace when they're using tools like this, because I know sometimes um, the bit the betrayed partner or, or the wife can. Uh, I've I've occasionally heard like they'll get frustrated because they're like, well, I think it's scripted, or I think they're just doing this because their group told them to do it. And in my mind, I go, well, yeah, well, of course, they're yeah, using the right. tools right. that they're being given because they're trying something new. And so on our side, we may be able to see that very clearly. Oh, this is something that someone told you to do, but that's actually a good thing. Yeah. They're listening. They, they right. listened. They took action on it. That's mm-hmm. huge. It may not be perfect the first time, right? but if you, and even if you talk through this and he may even say, Hey, I'm going to try to use this. Right. And then celebrate that. That's awesome. And then maybe it'll get better over time. Um, I, but I think sometimes the other thing that I've heard is they feel like it's more scripted and less heartfelt. And now now there, that's what I'm saying is make sure that this is sincere. So you, it may be scripted in terms of giving you a tool and a resource. That's amazing. And if you're using it, use it for the right reasons. Don't use it as a manipulation tool. Use it to get closer and to understand your partner and to be sincere. Right. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll, that's the other thing that I will hear too, is they will see right through that and mm-hmm. be like, they are just doing this because somebody told them they don't actually mean what they're saying. Right. And, and so if you're just don't use it, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be sincere and, 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 you know, these tools are designed for improvement and, and for healing and they're not designed for manipulation. And, uh, and I guess anything can be used to manipulate, right? Mm-hmm. Anything can be used to manipulate or abuse or anything like that. But no, these are, these are, are the development of empathy, development of connection, development of, of, of closer relationships. Yeah, I, I like that one. I think it's really good. There's another one that we've personally never used, but it sort of squishes in what we just talked about in terms of the nightly check-in that we would do and the sobriety check-ins. And it's very common that therapists recommend this and it's used a lot in the community and it's called Thanos. And Thanos? So Thanos. F-A- Not Thanos? No. F-A-N-O-S. And that reminds me of F-O-X. Remember from, uh, what is that movie? Oh. Hold on. It's coming. It's coming. Just around the corner. 
just around the corner is the is the name of the bookstore in the movie and it's the name of the original movie oh why can i not remember do you not remember that oh with meg ryan and anyways, the little kid, his last name was Sleepless Fox. in Seattle? No, it wasn't Sleepless in Seattle. Anyway, everyone listening is going, ah, it's this movie, it's this movie. And I'm going to remember it in a minute here. But anyway, her her rival, his last name is Fox. And then he takes his nephew into her tiny little bookstore just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's learning how to spell. And so he keeps going, F-O-X. And I, then, I can, is it a Tom Hanks movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is going to drive me nuts. Anyway, okay. Fanos. You've got mail. Yes, it is. You've got mail. How did I not remember that? Yeah. You've got mail. Anyway, F O X. Okay. So this is F A N O S. Fanos. And so that, okay. So the acronym stands for feelings, affirmations, or appreciations, needs, ownership, and struggles, sobriety. So this, like I said, I kind of combined what we were doing with our nightly check in and the sobriety check in all in once. And for the betrayed partner, there may be some things in here that are a little triggering. So let's kind of walk it through. So the first one is feelings, right? We can both share our feelings, our experiences, where we're at today. I think that, you know, mutually, that's great. This is, you know, this is what I'm doing. Use the feelings wheel. You've talked about the faster scale for for men in recovery, whatever it is that you need to kind of tap into like what you're feeling, communicate that, share that. That's the first step. Uh, the second one is the affirmations and appreciations. This is, you know, appreciating your partner, saying something positive about who they are, what they're doing. And for the betrayed partner, maybe what you're saying in the beginning, if this makes you uncomfortable, is something like, hey, I'm really proud of the recovery work you're doing, right? right? It's not yeah. like you're not, you know, being super gushy about the relationship mm-hmm. or anything like that. But maybe you're saying like, hey, I really want to affirm you in that. I noticed that I've never had to remind you that you're uh, to go to your weekly therapy session. Yeah. And I just want to let you know that I really see that and appreciate that. Well, I also think too is, is um, it can't, and I, and I think it, th- this extends beyond this process is the, the practice of being thankful. The practice of being thankful is very, very um, healing. Mm-hmm. And it really changes your life when you can, you know, when you can look at, at at somebody who's maybe hurt you and say, "Hey, I'm really thankful for for what we've done here or what we've done." It changes you. It really changes. Mm-hmm. I think it changes your brain. I think it changes how you think about things. So it changes how you view things. Your body listens to those things. So I think being thankful and a lot of these check ins have that. Um, being thankful is, is a major part. And if you, if you're finding you're struggling being thankful over something, keep, you know, keep working on to be in that particular thing that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be aimed at your partner, right? Because the reality is for the first so many months, you're not going to feel thankful that for that person Mm -hmm. and focusing on thankfulness or gratefulness specifically around your situation. is going to be hard. So what you're saying though, I think is practice a practice of gratefulness in your right. daily life helps train those brain patterns, which then sets the filter of you looking for more positive experiences in life and brings your general attitude up. And that's very true because we've talked a lot about really how to train your brain and, and the whole goal through recovery for both of you is to actually choose new patterns and practice them and and a gratefulness practice of like, I'm going to wake up every morning and think of three things I'm thankful for. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to review the day and I'm going to find things that happened today that I can be thankful for. That's awesome. Or maybe you just take a walk and you're like, 
I'm really thankful that the sky is blue and the trees are green mm-hmm. and there's a new flower that's blooming today, right? It doesn't have to be directed at your partner in right. order to begin training those. And over time, as you practice these acronyms and this communication, you can slowly kind of weave it in there. Like, like I was saying, like maybe it's not day one. I'm really thankful that we've been together 12 years when 10 of them, we were, you know, unfaithful, whatever, right? Like you're not going to say stuff like that, but maybe you do say something like, you know, I'm really thankful that you have found a support group that you're connecting with and, um, you know, all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Or I'm really thankful that you have started sharing your feelings with me, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the types of things. And then as time progresses, it can get deeper and deeper and deeper and build on it. So the next letter is N and that stands for needs. And I just want to Maybe this is just my brain, but to me, that word is kind of annoying. I don't like that. Like, share your need with me today. Because I immediately in this world go to um, the whole stereotype of men saying, well, sex is a need. So I kind of like hate that word association, um, particularly in these situations. I don't like that. Don't tell me what you need, right? I would change this to a request, Mm -hmm. sort of like what we were talking about in the other check-in of, is there something I can do for you tomorrow? But this is specifically telling your, it's the opposite. It's telling your partner what you need or what you want, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that can be really tricky depending on where you are in recovery. So I think you have to be careful what would fall in that category. Well, and and also you have to remember, you don't have to give that to them. Like no, right. nobody's obligated yeah. to give anybody's request, uh, you know, for a need from any level is to, to give that to them. No, nobody's obligated. Now you, 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 based on your, your ability to, to empathize with the situation and, and your ability to kind of go through that, you make that value determination. I would say in this letter, sex is off the table. Yeah. I would say that that's like that. I guess that's my concern here is that certain people would use this as like, well, you know, it's been a long time. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I also that's think not the point like, of these, this is connection. These, yes. Yeah. That's not the point of these. The point is like, um, I need to feel more secure in the relationship. And so, you know, if you would call me at lunch tomorrow mm-hmm. and give me an update, that would really help me. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of the idea here from, from your side. What would that be? Can you think of anything? Oh, I mean, and you know, we, we talked about it a little bit. Hey, I need to be able to get some sleep. Yeah, there you go. You know, I need to, I, as much as I, I know you want to talk about these things at 11, 12 o'clock at night, I have to get up and go to work. So, you know, we, I will be there. And if we really, really got to talk through it, we can. Yeah, but, attack, I'll wake up. Yeah, but, yeah. But I, I need to get some sleep so I can be effective question. at work. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So that's a good way. So I, I don't know if that word is triggering to you. I get it. I would maybe just change it to um, communicating your requests something like that. Mm-hmm. And I know it would mess up the FANOS acronym, but I think it could be beneficial if that word is not effective for you. All right. So the other one, again, same thing. It depends on where you are in your in your journey because both of you are supposed to answer these questions and this can be difficult. Mm-hmm. The O stands for ownership. So basically taking responsibility for something and what does that look like? And in the very beginning, I would have been really annoyed with this mm-hmm. as a question. I would have been like, all of this is your job. I don't need to take ownership of anything, right? Um, and as we have progressed, there's been a lot through my recovery journey that I go, you know what? This isn't your problem. This is my problem. Mm-hmm. And so that, but that took time of me really doing a lot of that deep work and emotional processing and trauma work on myself 
in relation to betrayal, but a lot of other things in my life. And then coming to say, Hey, like this problem that we're facing in our relationship, there's nothing you can actually do about it right now. It has to do with my interpretations or my previous trauma or X, Y, Z here. And I know that I'm responsible to fix it. Um, so yes, a hundred percent. I don't want to take responsibility away from the betrayed partner because we do have to take responsibility for our own healing in this process, whatever that looks like. So that's typically where I would think that this answer would go. Right. Mm -hmm. But it could even be like smaller than that. Right. It could be like, Hey, um, I forgot to take the trash out today and I take responsibility for that. So I'm going to put a reminder in my phone, right? It doesn't have to always be these super deep things, but that's just where my mind went immediately was like, what do you mean I have to take ownership about something? Right. When you were the one that betrayed me. Right. So So yeah, it can be really, really small. Like I forgot to do this. I'm going to put a reminder on my phone so that I can do this Mm -hmm. next week for, you know, because we've agreed to do that. Right. Um, So that is, oh, taking ownership, which in my mind, the betrayed partner, that's part of communication in general, which is. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, I understand that I did this. That's caused you to feel this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's part of part of empathy too. But yeah, there there there's a strong sense of ownership that should come out of the betrayer. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is S, which is struggles or sobriety. So again, kind of combining some of the things we've talked about before, you can either share kind of what a struggle is that you're having right now, or um, where you're at in sobriety. So that could be the sobriety check in. And 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 if I could on that, and and I see this in in uh, people as they heal um, those who were addicted. As they heal initially early on, it might be I'm struggling to act out, right, or to not act out. What you find is people continue to move through their healing is they will struggle with a particular situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my uh, my 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 mother came into town and she spoke to me like I was a little kid again, and that really activated some emotions in me you really see that as as people heal so that and that's actually a pretty healthy thing Mm -hmm. so you know i think i think what what a lot of folks will forget is they'll think that hey once they're healed they're healed and they won't ever have any issues and that's just not true life is life and people are going to activate you people are going to make you sad you're going to experience loss you're going to do all of those things because life still moves on Mm -hmm. but it's just the the notion of becoming more aware and saying these are my struggles right now this is what's bothering me and and being able to communicate that maybe in a way that you've never communicated before Mm -hmm. yeah i think um again with this one it can be either really deep right or it can be kind of shallow like i'm really Mm -hmm. struggling to create a routine right now yeah. Or with a betrayed partner, it could be like, hey, I'm really struggling to get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest, right. you know, there are phases where that happens or I'm really struggling to make dinner or, you know, it could be some really basic things or you can really go into, hey, I'm really struggling to not ask you questions at 10 o'clock at night. Right. Like, right. Um, just depending on where you're at. So. Yeah. So these everything we've talked about so far uh, have been really um, ways to improve connection with each other. These types of check-ins are about creating connection with each other. So I think actually what we'll do is we will do a part two because the next, um, the next tools and resources that we have that we kind of want to go through are more about, you know, when things are difficult or, um, 
in conflict, how to kind of communicate in those times. So I think that's what we'll do is we'll kind of separate. These ones have been really good to, to listen and to communicate and to empathize. And so I think we're in a, a little bit of a separate phase with the next ones. And then just a, a final note kind of around these types of acronyms and these tools and resources create a space that feels really safe for you where you guys communicate ahead of time how you want to do these. So sometimes that means that one partner will answer all of the questions in the acronym first, and then the other partner will answer all of them. Or maybe you want to have a little bit more of a dialogue and you go, hey, we're going to take one of these letters at a time. You answer it, I answer it, then we discuss, right? Whatever works for you to make sure that you feel heard and that you feel like you can listen to. Right. I think the other the other part of this too is remember there the reason they create formats is because it's easier to to remember. And so anytime that you can do things on a re- repetitious basis, mm-hmm. you start to become better at it. Mm-hmm. You become better at it, better at it, better at it, better at it. So you can share more. You can you can think over the next 24 hours about what you're going to say under yeah. needs. And so that's why it's important to really commit to these things and say, hey, we're you know, we're going to do this at 930 every night. Or we're going to, and, and it's a really powerful, it, mm-hmm. once again, you know, we talk about changing your brain patterns and, and unfortunately the, the betrayed has to go through that too, because they, their brains have been affected by this, by the trauma that, that, that's come out. So we're trying to create healthy brain patterns again, that can really drive healing awareness and, uh, um, connection, connection. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.